Well, welcome to Match Day 12. This is episode 12 of the Ultimate Football Show podcast. My name is Chris and I'm here with Gary Chivers, former Chelsea and Brighton defender, to look at the games on Thursday, December the 1st. And boy, there are some games worth watching there. Croatia play Belgium. Will Belgium go out? Canada play Morocco. If Morocco win, Belgium are going to really struggle. Costa Rica, Germany. The Germans need a win. And Japan up against Spain. Japan could qualify with just a point. But a win would definitely see them both through if Japan could beat Spain on match day 12. Going to be very interesting stuff. We're going to find out what Gary thinks about what's going to happen on Thursday as we get to the end of the group stages of the World Cup 2022. We're very happy to support the LilyWhiteFoundation.com, advancing young people through sport. For more information, visit LilyWhiteFoundation.com. You're listening to the Ultimate Football Show podcast with Gary Chivers. So Gary Chivers joins us to have a look at match day 12 in a moment where we've got some really big games and some big names possibly going home. But before we do that, we've got to talk about the England-Wales game, of course. 3-0. You actually told me in the afternoon it would be 3-0 to England. I wasn't quite so sure you were going to be right. But in the end, it was pretty much one-way traffic from minute one to minute 90, wasn't it? Well, it looked an easy game. I just thought Wales might, might have put uh, a little bit more in than what they did. They they come out and they defended. And obviously, um, England had moles. I think I think the possession was something like 70-30 or something. Yeah, something, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like, like that. But it, like I've said before, Chris, you might as well go out and have a go. And I just think the Wales just sat back and sat back. And then I was looking at the the way Bale was playing and Ramsey, they looked, mm-hmm. yeah, they looked beaten before the game to be quite, I thought there'd be a lot more fight in yeah. that Wales team to make it, to make it more of a harder game. But in the end, it it, it really wasn't. And, and England's dominance, the only thing with, with England that does get on my nerves, um, when there's a couple of things, we don't move the ball quick enough. We dilly dally on the ball. Mm. We're, we're slow, was slowing the build up, um, and our free kicks. God, the free kicks for the first twenty odd minutes, thirty odd minutes, we got in some good positions. Yeah, we've got four on the ball, Chris. Four on the ball. They've got a wall up with five or six in their wall. Now, if you if you can count, Chris, which I think you can, <laughs> if you've got four on the ball. And sometimes we had five around the ball. And I'm thinking, why don't they just put one on the ball? Because all those they were doing was crossing it. They were just crossing it for the big fellas. We didn't have enough people in the box. Now, luckily, second half, Rashford put some dominance on it and wanted to take it. Yeah. And what a great goal that was, by the way. Oh, what a fantastic shot. Mind you, the keeper, he goes over to his wall side first, doesn't he, two steps to his right where his wall is, and then Rashford puts it in the other side, the left, where the keeper's supposed to be, and he's not there anymore. 
you know, the camera went on on him as well, and, and he actually said to the wall, "Go over to the other side." And I'm thinking, what's what's he doing? Mm. But it was a it was a good good free kick, and yeah, he, it was, and we and we and we deserved the lead. We did deserve. Oh yeah, the lead. yeah. It, it's, you know, it had to come like that. But you're right. There were you know these England Wales England Scotland games. There's normally it's full blooded. There's tackles flying in. Yellow cards. There was none of that from Wales, was there? In, no one, no one sort of put a marker down to say, "Look, we know you're better than us, but we're going to team up together and we're going to make it hard for you." They just didn't put any pressure on England. They, they didn't pressure them in a, any high line. They just sat back with Bale and Kiefer Moore up front, and and they were never going to trouble England. It's such a disappointment for all those fans that have travelled out there to end the campaign with one goal, basically, from Bale's penalty against the USA. How disappointing is that? It must be terrible for them all. I thought we did quite well to Kiefer Moore up front. Um, he was the one who, who showed a bit of passion in it and had a bit of fire in their belly. But I was watching something in, in, in the afternoon before the game and they had, they had someone come to their hotel, mm. uh, a Welsh guy, really riling them all up. In, into a frenzy right and I'm thinking oh this this could be you know he's mm. trying to put some fire in his belly well if you can't get fire in your belly when you're playing against England yeah you know, what, what what chance you got but I was dis- I was disappointed I was disappointed with Jordan Pickford with the shot what did, from what, Joe what did he what, do wrong oh the, the shot that he died he, for what was he doing what was he, was he, <laughs> uh, he he threw himself in the air I mean it was 20 yards over mm. and he jumped up laughing and I thought that was quite disrespectful. I did think that was disrespectful of him. You know, Do you think what, he cares, though? He doesn't care, does he? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. But you've got to be that focused. You must be that focused, you know. He's in mm. goal. He's our last line of defence. To be messing around in a World Cup, and, and in a game which could, could have been, could have been quite hard for us. Now, you said that right at the beginning, right at the first episode, we did these uh, Ultimate Football Show podcasts. I said to you about Joe Allen going, you know, in the squad. He's injured, travels over there injured, and, and we're not sure if he's going to play. He did play in the end. But you said right then, it just shows you how weak the Wales squad is, that they've got to take Joe Allen, who's not even fit, to get in the team. And in played as well, unfit. You could see he wasn't fit. Bale wasn't fit either uh, towards the end. And, and the Wales squad just weren't up to it were they they just at any level that they never looked like they were going to be up to it which which is a shame i just think it's a, a long way to go and it's a long way to wait now they're talking about oh we just have to qualify for the euros now that's two years down the line it was a great opportunity for them for them to come and, and play and and you know they could have the, the group they was in they should have done better than what they've done they really yeah. should have with them with the players that they had, they should have done better. A, have fit, seen Joe some... Allen, a fit Joe Allen would have been good, great. A fit Gareth Bale would have been brilliant. Yeah. A fit Aaron Ramsey would have been tremendous. But we, we, we didn't see that. We didn't, we, and we didn't see their best efforts, really. No. I mean, once they lost the keeper as well, that Leicester keeper, I just don't know. I, I just don't think he's premiership quality. But uh, I think he showed that with the Rashford second goal went through his legs, didn't it? I mean, and his arms. And he basically went through like a FIFA 23 game play that had just gone wrong on the screen. He just looked all, all over the shop. Anyway, 
So England did really well. We 3-0, positive vibes. They're playing Senegal. We'll talk about that over the weekend. That's a Sunday night game in the uh, round of 16. So at least we've won the group. We qualified and Gareth Southgate will keep everyone happy. And uh, I should mention Phil Foden. He was, they were clamouring for Phil to get a game. He came on, didn't disappoint, scored a goal. Rashford scored two. He also came in, you said he should do. So now he can't drop either of those two. So old Saka and Sterling are going to be watching the next game from the bench, you would have thought. Or will he? Will he, Chris? Will he go against the grain? Will he go against the grain and keep will he? Bill mm. Foden and, and Rashford out? I mean, that's a, a, a tall order. And we, we, I'll tell you what, watching the game as well, I was desperate, desperate for Harry Kane to get a goal. Mm. That's three goals and he, he, he don't look like he's even close. Great assist, by the way. Yeah. Well, does it matter if we're scoring nine goals and he hasn't scored yet? That, that can only be good news for us, can't it? Because he's going to score sooner or later. We'd like to think, but if we get if we get one of our players scoring five or six goals in this World Cup, it means we're doing well. Yeah, it means yeah. we're into quarterfinals. It means we're in, we're into the semi-finals, and he he is our focal point on goals. Yeah. The assist was brilliant, by the way. It was a great ball by him. Tremendous ball, and the one in the first half that he put Rashford through was another great ball, wasn't it? That was Kane as oh, well. He, he, you know, he should Rashford should have had a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought he, he's he's as the balls come through him. I thought he and everyone else, by the way, where who was around me, he should have just chopped it inside, just chopped yeah. it inside, and, and gone inside rather than trying to go for the outside. Well, you've got the chance. If you go around the keeper as well, the chance of the keeper bringing you down, he's already the reserve keeper, don't forget, because um, Hennessy had been sent off in the previous game. So they would have had their third keeper in goal if he had got sent off. So he should clearly have gone round him. But look, listen, he scored three goals. He's joint leading scorer, got a chance of winning the golden boot. And I don't think many people would have put Rashford down for that after the season he had last year at Old Trafford. But he certainly recovered himself and uh, did really well against Wales, and uh, they scored the goals. So, England are through. We'll talk about them on the weekend. Now, on Thursday, match day 12, got some really interesting games. Croatia up against Belgium. Now, Croatia topped the group at the moment on four points, with Morocco on four points. Morocco play Canada. So, Belgium have only got three at the moment. So the way it looks like, if Morocco beat Canada, and they should do because they're a clearly better team, and Canada haven't got a point so far, and indeed they've only scored one goal, Morocco would have seven points then, which means Croatia only need to draw against Belgium, and Belgium are out. That would be a massive blow, wouldn't it, to, to Belgian football after what they've been promising. They're supposed to be number two ranked you can't see them beating Croatia. They can see them drawing, but they just don't seem to have enough firepower to beat Croatia. Who are going to dig in with some really decent players in their team, Modric and, and all those kind of players that, that do so well for them. I don't see Belgium going through. What do you think? Well, they have been disappointing. You, you have to say they have been disappointing the way they, they've set up. I, I, I expected big things from Belgium. I expect you to be excited when they play. Uh, they look in sixes, in, uh, sixes and sevens. At the back, they're particularly poor against pace. Mm. Against pace. 
and they'll be playing against place when they, when they play against them. You know, so it'd be it, it's a, a difficult, difficult game. I I can possibly see them nicking a draw. Yeah, but they've not performed, Chris, have they? They just haven't performed as a team. Well, we said they always sort of, you know, blow up and argue with themselves, but they, they started doing that before they even started. De Bruyne hasn't looked happy. Maybe the role he's playing is not the one that he plays for Manchester City. Hazard's just a shadow of himself. Lukaku's been injured, he came on. Batshuayi... I spoke to Stanford Chichi about Michi Batshuayi. He's typical, you know, scores a worldie from 20 yards and then misses a sitter from three. You, you know, you've got to put those chances away in the World Cup. And the others haven't delivered. Trossard hasn't done an awful lot when, when he's come on. And they just they just don't look like they've got anything that's going to worry Croatia. If I was Croatia and I needed a point, I'd be really confident of getting that. Yeah, but, but you look at the firepower on on paper. On paper, it looks magnificent, doesn't it? Mm. Lukaku, Hazard, De Bruyne. You know, you, you think, yeah. wow, all about them players. And all of a sudden, none of them are delivered. Trossard, you mentioned him, scoring goals for fun at Brighton and mm. playing well. Been excellent. And yet they come to the World Cup. Martinez has got a lot on, it, a, a lot on his plate, really. He's got a... Um, He's got a find of way of winning a game. It's going to be a great game to watch. Look very disjointed. If Morocco, who played quite well last time out, I thought they'll beat Canada. And as I say, then they would have seven. And Croatia only need a point for five. And then Morocco would win Group F. Who would have, who would have thought that a couple of weeks ago? That would be a massive surprise as well. But they're, they're lined up to do it. So uh, good luck to them. Good luck to Morocco. Uh, and and all the teams in in that group and that is uh, Group F. Now Group E is also on Match Day Twelve, and this is also really not what we expected. I suppose Spain are at the top with four points, Japan have got three, Costa Rica have got three, and Germany have got one. Now, from what I've worked out and have a look at the mathematics and got my slide rule out and a compass <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> and corners. Uh, are you counting corners as well, Chris? Ca- counting corners. In fact, there was, yeah. there was one stat I heard in a previous World Cup where one team, I think Senegal, got knocked out because they'd had more yellow cards than Japan. Can you believe that? I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. I never thought I never thought that come into it to be quite honest with you. But I think um, they've changed yeah. it now. Well, they have. This is how it works now. So Germany have to beat Costa Rica clearly. Germany would have four points then, but they'd have to win by a couple of goals because they've got a negative goal difference at the moment. They've got they've scored two. They've let in three. So if they win one nil, they'd have a a level goal difference of three all. If Japan got a point against Spain, which is very possible, they would have four points as well. And then they would have a, a, a level goal difference of either 2-2 or 3-3, whichever the score it is going to be. Which means Germany, from what I can see, would qualify because they'll have scored a goal more. But if Japan draw 2-2 with Spain, then Germany could win and still go out. It's, it, you know, the Germans can get, the Germans have got to go and really beat Costa Rica by a few, and hope that Japan don't do anything silly against... But if Spain win the group, 
then they've got a chance. If Japan win the group, then Spain are going to go through a second and Germany because Spain have scored eight, they've let one in. So they've got a massive plus seven. So it means Germany would have to win like 9-0 if Japan beat Spain on on Thursday. So there's a real chance that on that day, Belgium and Germany could go out. I have to say, it's not a great loss for me, Germany going home. They always do well at the international tournaments, but they have been a right letdown, haven't they? And and, yeah. and for me, the manager doesn't know who's, who he, who's his best side is. He keeps on chopping and changing with the centre-forwards, with the midfield, mm. and it shows in their results. It's not a great miss, Germany going home, I have to say. Do you not think Hansi Flick, who's the manager of Germany, used to be the manager of Bayern Munich, and... Bayern Munich dominate the Bundesliga and they have done for, I don't know, 20-odd years pretty much. Dortmund came a few years ago and had a go. Stuttgart have had a go a couple of times. But in the in the general attitude, it's been Bayern Munich. And he doesn't change a lot in the Bayern Munich team. They pick themselves, you know, for the most part. They'll have a few subs they'll bring on. If Thomas Muller gets injured, they'll bring someone else in. But he's not used to this kind of football where he has to really think you know, you have to think up against the opponent you're playing against. Bayern Munich, when he was manager there and he won everything, he just, same team, same team will beat Leipzig, they'll beat Dortmund, you know, they'll beat Hertha Berlin, they'll beat anybody. But now you've got to think differently as an international manager and he just doesn't seem to have any passion on the side. He doesn't seem to be getting involved with it, going for it. It's just like, oh, well, if we score, we'll score. But they're not scoring. And I did tell you, they haven't got a centre-forward right at the beginning of the tournament. And that's proven the case. And the the kid came on and, and scored the equaliser the other day. But he's not even starting the centre-forward. So I don't see where their goals are coming from unless Thomas Muller decides to turn up on the day and become the hero, which could always be possible. But they could be going home. He does look. He does look old, old Thomas Muller, seeing him, in, uh, seeing him playing. I mean, he looks a yard off the pace. And he's up there on his jack. He's up there on his own. Mm. No one's supporting him. They're playing very, very defensive. They're getting caught out at the back. Um, and they're being dominated. I, I, I can't see him getting a result. I really can't. And you never... Everyone says never back against the Germans. I, I think the Germans will be on the uh, the slow boat to China, mate. They're going home. Well, you know, I, I think they'll beat Costa Rica. But I just don't think the game... The Japan-Spain game, which is obviously at the same time, at 7 o'clock, is going to go their way. Something's going to happen in that game where the Germans are going to look like they're going to qualify and then in the end probably go out on, on goals or goal difference of the way it looks. It's goal difference, first of all, is what they decides the next round. And then after that, if that's level, it's the amount of goals you've scored. Japan have scored two. Germany have scored two. So Germany win, clearly... They're going to have to score one. So they'll have three. But Japan could draw one all and they'd have three as well. So they'd still go out. So, you know, if Japan win it, then Germany have gone, no matter what happens, because Spain have got four points and they've got a massive goal difference in their positive. So I don't see um, Japan beating Spain, perhaps. But this World Cup's been so crazy, hasn't it? We've seen these games where you think, you know, Costa Rica 7 0 defeat and then. They turn up and win 1-0 and Japan beat Germany and then they lose. I mean, oh, wow. You, the, the bookmakers must be having a field day. They must be raking it in. 
England game against the U- USA. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's yeah. another one. That was another another turn up. Bad display yeah. by us. Yeah, the USA qualified. We should mention that as well. Christian Pulisic. I told you, he's the only one that scores for America. I did say for the USA. And I told Gus Ferguson, if you if Christian doesn't score, then they ain't going to win. And he did score and they did win 1-0. But he got injured, didn't he, as well? In the process, yeah. so uh, we'll see how how he is. But uh, could be a could be an interesting day on match day twelve. Do you, do, do you see Japan Spain? How do you see that game going? Do, can Japan beat Spain? They've already qualified pretty much. Spain. I I think obviously the Spanish manager put out all his subs or or reserves. He he probably want to rest a few players. But Japan do look lively. I do I do like them. And I, I can probably see Japan nicking a point. I really do. Yeah. You know, if you've got nothing to play for, you're already you're already through to the next round, which Spain are. You know, they they can have a rest, a little bit of a rest. But I, I have to say as well, it's all about keeping good form, keeping it going. You yeah. don't want to dip. You don't want to. You don't want. You don't want to play well and then play not so well and then play bad do you know what I mean it's always yes. keeping momentum yeah. it's a team yeah. with the momentum that does well in these competitions we're very happy to support the lilywhitefoundation.com advancing young people through sport for more information visit lilywhitefoundation.com I'm Gary Chivers And this is the Ultimate Football Show podcast. Well, that's it for Match Day 12 and Episode 12. Thanks to Gary for joining us today on the podcast. We'll be back with Match Day 13, the final group day. Four matches to look forward to. Still things to be decided. We've got South Korea, Portugal in action Ghana, Uruguay, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon, Brazil all playing for places in the knockout stages and the round of 16, that starts on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, then Monday and Tuesday as the knockout stages finally arrive at the World Cup. But one more day to go, match day 13 in the group stages and that's coming up on episode number 13. We'll see you then. (laughs) 